Truly, what a great, great God that we have. You know, we wouldn't think about taking, or most of us wouldn't think about taking the Mona Lisa and using some construction paper to fix a frame and show it to everybody with that construction paper around it. We wouldn't just consider the possibility of taking a Hope Diamond and putting it in a paper sack and saying this is how we want to take care of it and protect it. Nor would we consider taking a diadem and putting it in some little cardboard box and saying we will watch over it and protect it within that. It just seems absurd that we would think about doing something like that. And yet that's exactly what God has done. The Bible tells us that this majestic God that we just heard so wonderfully sung about, this great, great God that we know so very well, that created all that is and everything that could ever be, this God who so amazingly loved you and me that he would give his only begotten son that we might have life and have that life everlastingly, this God has chosen to place himself, the gospel, this precious treasure within worthless, fallible, unloyal, Bodies, you and me. The greatest treasure the universe has ever known has been given to us. Why? That, it just doesn't make sense. There's got to be a reason, and there is. You see, it's, it's because there, God doesn't want there to be any question any doubt that as wondrous as the concept and the practice of Christianity is, in all the lives that have been changed through the work of Christ and the things that have been part of and all the victories that have been won throughout the world and throughout time, the times that life and death have been affected and Satan has been defeated and, and the church has grown and all the things that have happened and all these different things, that it wouldn't be possible for that to happen just through the frail reality of our human body, just through you and through me. How could these miraculous events, how could these great works be taking place and be a part of all of that? There's a reason why God God chose you and why God chose me, why he chose the church to be the possessors of this great treasure. And it was that it would be to God be the glory.
and I are here to magnify the Lord. And God has placed His glory, His very being within us that we might be a glory to His name in all that goes about. It's not about you and it's not about me and it's not about what you and I can do or, or what you and I want and be a part of it. We have been saved. We have been utterly loved by God. We have been redeemed by the work of Christ upon the cross and He has filled us with Himself so that we might be a glory to Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Would you stand with me as we read that verse and just listen to it? Paul is, is saying something here so amazingly true and yet something that we don't fathom. Even, even the little devotional time with children that Debbie gave is, is what this is about as we look at it. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We don't think about that. We are blessed by God. We are filled with God. We have been redeemed by God in order that the great surpassing glory might be unto His name. That's what the church is about, folks. That's what you and I are supposed to be about, is glorifying the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, may we truly, as we have already experienced and wondered through song, through blessing, through communion, through the children's time, through all that's gone on. Already today we've had the opportunity, the privilege, the joy of just honoring you and worshiping you and drawing our attention to you because that's really what it's all about. Father, I pray today that you just remind us that we are just that earthly vessel. We're just that body, that building that in holds a treasure, a wealth, a power, a work beyond description for God, you yourself dwell within us. 
You have placed your precious treasure within these earthen vessels so that the world wouldn't see the activity of a church. They wouldn't see the work of a man, but they would see the glory of the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. God, may we never forget that we have that awesome privilege of housing the greatest treasure ever known, ever to be known. God himself within us. Thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Paul was amazed as he, think, as he thought about this and as he looked at what God had done and being a part of it, as he looked and tried to understand all that was going on in this passage of Scripture that, we, that I read and if we had time to go over all of it, he, he was saying that this gospel, this truth is, is a treasure that you and I have been given the awesome privilege of, of holding within us, of, of being the ones who are the containers of this great treasure as we look at it and as we see it's worthy of everything that we are, of every effort that we make, of all that we could ever do is the realization that you and I are the glorious recipients of the glorious grace of God by the work of God in Jesus Christ and we hold him within us by the power of God as he gives us himself as we look at it and understand it Paul said, this is a treasure. It's an amazing treasure that we have. It's not about him. He said, it's not this earthen vessel. It, it, this earthen vessel does nothing but glorify the treasure. It just shows how wondrous that it is that, that God could do this in you and could do this in me. See, it, it's about the fact that, that someone has come into their life and they found themselves wandering and they have no hope and they have no place to go and no direction. They're ready to give up on their life, ready to say, because there's no reason, no purpose for my being, there's no reason for me even being alive. And, and that gospel enters into their life and suddenly there's a whole new perspective in their life and their life is changed and they're a brand new creation and all life has meaning and purpose with it's about a woman who is so weary and tired and distressed and fretting over this and over that and trying to get everything right in her home and everything right in her life and everything is just a drudgery and a hope and suddenly the gospel enters into her heart and suddenly there's a joy that breaks loose in her heart at the wonder of the fact that she has been chosen to be the very household of God and that among her and in her and through her, her life and her family and those around her can be blessed forever because God lives within her. It is about a person who is been given up on by the world and no one sees any hope in and no one wants to be around them. They have no value whatsoever as far as the world is concerned and God enters in and suddenly they're worth everything the world could know. Their life has been changed. Their perspective has been changed. Suddenly they understand that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. God thinks I was worth dying for. And God thought I was worth coming and living in him. And he came to me. And he dwells within me. The glory of God lives within you and lives within me. That's what Paul thought about this treasure. That was the amazing thing that he was getting at and that he was trying to say. We have this great, great treasure in earthen vessels. In the vessel. What about it? Well, the scripture says that God didn't choose the mighty. He didn't choose those that the world would have chosen, the kings and the queens and the rich people and all those people that had everything going for those. He chose the lowly, those that no one else would want to have anything to do with to put his treasure in. You and I may never be renowned in the newspapers. Nobody may ever write a book about us. 
No one probably will make a movie about any of us besides the little home videos that you've got. But God said that doesn't matter because I see in you a worth, a value. I see within you one in whom I choose to place myself and to dwell. I choose to live within you. I pick you out of all the world and all the people that are there. I have chosen to place myself within you and to dwell there and to promise you that I will never ever leave or depart from you. I will never be separated from you, but I will dwell within you all the days of your life into eternity and all that's going on because I pick you as the vessel through whom I want to display my glory to the world. Can you imagine that? You and I picked to be the displayers of the glory of God. We look into the heavens and we see the magnificence of the stars and the wonder of all that's there. And I'm overwhelmed every time I look and look at all the, ama the amazing things in the sky and all the stars and all the constellations. And every time I hear that a new constellation or a new galaxy or new something has been discovered, it just amazes me more and more. I look at the creation, I look at the mountains, the, the glorious mountains and the ranges that are there and how they are there and see that, the, the flowing streams, the amazing rivers and lakes and going on, the ice caps of the north, the, the jungles of, the, of the Brazil and Africa and other places, all these mighty creations. And they all, according to scriptures, display the glory of God because God said there's absolutely no excuse for anyone not to believe in God based upon creation. If we just opened our eyes, you have to believe in God. And yet that fades, folks. That's not even worthy of looking at in comparison to the fact that God has chosen to display Himself, the God of glory, the God of redemption, the God of forgiveness, the God of love that has given Himself. He's chosen to display Himself in you and in me. It is through us that the glory of God is, is given to a world around us. It's through us that the gospel is given to people to believe in and understand. It's through us that the power of God to change lives and make a difference in hearts is, is given and shown and illustrated over and over and over again. See, the vessel is you and it's me that contains this great, great treasure. As we look at it and as we understand it, it is amazing to me that God would do that. But people have a little trouble with that sometimes. There are those that say, well, if God just uses common vessels in the church, isn't much. I look at the church and all of its problems and all of its situations. People can't even get along together and all the things that go on within the church. If that's where God chose to be, then I don't want to have anything to do with him. I'll just have my own way of life. I'll just follow my own religion. I'll do my own thing. Others look at it and say, well, if, if God would choose vessels like mankind, if that's the best that he can do, then he must not be much of a God. I don't even want to believe in him. I don't want to have anything to do with him because he can't do any better than that. Why, why should we want to do it? Others would say, 
you know, if, if God is going to dwell within me, if he's going to dwell within this building, if he's going to be a part, we, we need to do everything that we can to make ourselves better. And so we put on all these religious efforts and we do all these religious things and we try to do everything the way we think God would be a way to impress God and be a part of it. We build big buildings and, and we put on all these different airs about being the kind of people that we are and all the good things that we are. Solomon said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 8, if all the heavens can't contain your glory, how in the world do I expect this building, this temple that I'm building to contain you? It can't. And yet God put himself in you and put himself in me. We are the household of God. We are the building of God. We are the temple of the living God upon this earth. And wherever you are and wherever you go and whatever you do, there is the glory of God on display before the world. See, that's what he's wanting us to get at. That's what he's wanting us to see, the wonder and the reality of what has come to us in Christ Jesus, that we have been given not only our redemption, not only our salvation, not only are we now the very children of God, but God has chosen to take up his abode in us. He lives in us, folks. We need to get a hold of that. We need to get that in our mind. God himself, the creator of the universe, the God who has all power and all things at all times, can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. This very God lives here, lives in you. And we're to be there so that the display of his glory can be. People look at you and look at me. I'll won't even use you to look at me and say, <laughs> what can he offer the kingdom of God? What can he do? And the answer, nothing. I have absolutely nothing to offer. But as a nine-year-old boy, the God of the universe called me by name and entered into my life never to leave again. And what has God done? I can't even begin to name the wonders that God has done. Not because of anything to do with me, but because God chose an unworthy, incapable vessel so he could put on display to the world any vessel that will surrender to me. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it's achieved. It doesn't matter what degrees or what finances or whatever else may be around his name. Any vessel that is willing to surrender to me and say, Yes, Lord Jesus, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make me yours. And he says he does. He comes and he makes me a brand new creation. And all the glory of God is on display. See what I can do? I can take that which the world says has no meaning. I can take that which the world would throw up on the trash heap of life. And I can take that and I can bring it in and make it into a magnificent being in which I can work through a vessel that may not look good on the outside but has such power on the inside that they can use it to change lives, to change homes, to change situations, to change a world in which is a part of it. If that vessel will just surrender to me and let me be the one in control of it, then the glory of God could be on display. That's what we're doing. That's why Kathy could sing, How Great Thou Art. Thou art. What a great God we have. How great thou art. But 
That's why Luke Garrett could say, magnify, magnify. I will magnify the Lord. Because that's what we're supposed to do, folks. That's what we're here for. To magnify the Lord, not ourselves. It's not about magnifying this church and trying to be the best church in town. It's about magnifying the Lord and letting the Lord do such amazing things in the midst of this church that the people of this community sit up and take notice and say, God's at work. God's at work among those people. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're asking for. God to do great things. God to change lives. God to touch hearts be a part of what's going on. And that's what he does over and over and over again. There's not a person in here that knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, truly knows him, that couldn't give testimony of how God has changed your life and how you've seen him change another life and another life and another life. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with me. We were just vessels that the power of God could be on display. Folks, that's what we are. That's who we are. We are the vessels, the earthen vessels. That means plain, ordinary. That God has chosen to do the extraordinary through. There's a song about David that I always like. It talks about him being an ordinary man. That God did extraordinary things through. Sometimes we like to think about the people in the Bible as being exceptional people. But if I was just one of them, I could see God could use me. and God could do some great things. Folks, God used a donkey. Used a rooster. Used fishermen, tax collectors. Used people that were outcast of society that no one would have anything to do with. And a world was turned upside down. It's no wonder the New Testament is so exciting. As you read through it, it it just shows a church alive. They're excited about what God is doing. They're excited about what's happening and all the things that are going on because they see the power of God moving in them and through them and touching lives. They know it had nothing to do with them, but it had everything to do with the God that they served, the God who had changed their lives, and they committed themselves simply to be the vessels through whom God could do whatever God wanted to do. They didn't try to limit Him. They didn't try to control Him. They didn't try to tell Him how it needed to be done and what it needed to look like they just said God here I am and God went to work and a world was changed and he's still doing that same thing through anyone that's willing to say here I am here I am and God will take you and he'll use you and he'll make a difference Not for your glory, but for his. That people see. See, it's not important that people know you and me, but it's vitally important that they know Jesus. And the only way they're going to do that is when we quit trying to be the one shining and start letting him be the one shining through.
pray with me. Father, this morning, it's just so amazing to me that you would save us in the first place is beyond a belief because we could never be worthy. We could never do anything worthy to be right with you, to have the thought that we could even enter into your presence and dwell there for all eternity. And yet, not only have you given us that amazing gift through grace in Christ, but you've chosen us to display your glory. You've chosen us to be the display of your love. You've chosen us to be the display of your power. You've chosen us to be the display of your grace and your mercy. You've chosen us, Father, to be the display of the greatest act of God ever done in all of creation, the taking of that which is dead, a created being who is dead spiritually, who has no hope, has no direction, has nothing that they can ever offer, and to bring them new life, to quicken them unto being a living person that will never, ever die again because of the creation of God within them. You've chosen us, Father, to magnify your name. You've chosen us to glorify your name. God, may we choose to be the vessels through whom you can do just that. The world is so, so dark. And the only light that exists is your light shining through some earthen vessels. God, may we understand it's not about us and quit trying to make it about us and who we are and what we are and what we want and what we need. Could we just learn how to surrender and make ourselves useful in your hands? You're the potter, we're only the clay. God, let us be the vessels individually and collectively through whom your glory shows to a city, to a state, to a nation, even to a world. In Christ's name I pray, amen. We're going to have a moment of invitation as you stand. And in this invitation is the time for you, if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, to do so. I'd love to visit with you about that and how you can take that step of faith. Trust Him as Lord and Savior of your life. If you need a church home, this is the time for you to come. If this is the place that you believe God would want you to be a part of and to worship here and to serve among this part of his family. We invite you to come for that purpose and being a part of this. If you need to be at the altar and pray or if you just need to pause in your own heart and say, God, forgive me for forgetting that I'm a vessel that you chose to show your glory to those around you. Let me be willing to be used by you, I pray. Name. Whatever it is, your need, God is more than ready, more than willing, more than able to meet that need as we sing together.